My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. Good morning, Brace. Morning, morning, millions. How are you, bro? I'm well. How about you? <laughs> I'm sound awake. I'm sound awake. Fantastic. <laughs> and during your playing days, they must have said, yes. Uh, well, yes, yes. And they still say so even today. Yeah. Hey, Brace. I mean, you don't look a day older than 25, and yet you've done so much in life. How do you get it right? The teaching, <laughs> lecturing, business, philanthropy, well, administration, a bit of politics, slash other things. Uh, why, why do people always start with that question? Yeah, I'm an old man, eh? I'm an old man. It's just that I'm addicted to life. Say, I'm addicted to people. I'm addicted to just living life. Well, Brace, they say be careful what you wish for. Old man, you don't you don't look the part, though. It, well, it's just the chronological age. Otherwise, in terms of my age and how I live my life, I'm, I'm still in my 20s, man, like I have been for the past 30 years. I'm exactly. staying there. I'm not moving an inch. Eh? Now I hear you loud and clear. You're speaking my language. As, as, as they say, sometimes uh, getting old is a question of choice. It, it, it's all about how you live your life. It's a question of choice. I mean, uh, getting old physically is something that I will start doing 30 years from now. Uh, getting old mentally and spiritually is what I achieved even in my teenage years. So uh, that's just how you live it. They call you Mr. Spot On because when you talk about sports, people sit up and listen because there's a way you are able to articulate what happens on the field of play. I'm enjoying it, you know, uh, being in football. Having been in football for so many years, you know, I, I even remember the, the first day that I kicked a plastic ball. I was aged six. And it, it's been an amazing journey, you know, the things that football has done for me. No other endeavor in all the things that I do on a daily basis would have taken my personal brand to the international recognition that it enjoys. You know, I can land on the runway at any airport across the length and breadth of the African continent and, and in, in most countries overseas, and then people will just greet and say, Spot on, you know, uh, that's the power of football. I don't know, Bryce, have you officially retired from refereeing completely? Active uh, practice in terms of running on the field of play, yes. But from refereeing itself as a profession, no. I'm still intricately involved. I've got a number of uh, top-class referees, both here and abroad, uh, who I mentor on a daily basis. You know, we, we chat on WhatsApp, we have WhatsApp groups. I mentor them um, on the laws of the game, on the practical application, on live generally. And, and of course, I have my Monday night show uh, on television where uh, we dissect and, and explain decisions 
uh, that have been made by referees um, over the the past week as as we review matches and you know it's highly educational never meant to uh, show referees as being right or wrong um, but very educational to say if he was right why was he right if he, if he made an error why did he make that error and, and what can we learn from it so um, it also gives me an opportunity to continue being involved in education 12 years after I left the service of the Department of Education. So it, it's a it's a combination of things for me, but football is the bedrock upon which I, I base most of the things that I do. A lot of people might say your retirement from active refereeing was kind of premature because people still wanted to see you there and people in education might say the same thing do you get that question a lot i i, I get it a lot i get a number of people asking me do you ever want to go back on the field of play do you miss it um, don't you miss the children at school you used to love it so much don't you miss lecturing you know I, I actually I met a very uh, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Dr. Monji Kungubele, you know, the former mayor of Ekurulini, former yes. deputy minister of finance, and he, and he said to me, why, why don't you go back to lecture? And he said, I don't have time to mark scripts. He said, well, tell them uh, that you can go and lecture as long as somebody else will mark the scripts. Said, That's a very good idea. I can actually do that for free. If, if my former uh, university would take me back and say, I come and lecture these students. We'll see about uh, uh, who gives them uh, the, the the exams and marks the script. So it, it's something that I carry with me quite a lot. But uh, when the time comes for you to to change direction, because for me, as I said earlier, we, we can't really say I severed ties with a refereeing. It, it, it was just a change of direction. Of course, I stopped prematurely because I took up the position as general manager of the PSL, um, and, and that's when I, I stopped simultaneously with education as well. Uh, but then uh, when I look at what I do today in, in combining the fields of education and combining uh, football education, I feel that I'm still there. I'm still in the lecture room. Uh, I have a, a message from Gondolom Kulu Matuna. He says, bring Matuna Okuta Pakut. He says, please ask Braes to help us here in Willow Vale and facilitate just the leveling of sports grounds at schools. He says we cannot help kids play because we don't have even grounds. He also touches on the rural sports development program, which cannot happen if not run at schools because rural kids have to walk long distances to school and cannot go home and come back for training. He says, again, sports development programs are for school-age kids and help to bring common language for kids, parents and teachers that can help to stop this bad behavior of kids and teachers at schools because school is boring in the years of freedom. You know, that makes my blood boil. You know, what makes my blood boil? Do you know that by law, 
in terms of the allocation of the municipal infrastructure grant, 15% of the budget of every local municipality is supposed to go towards the development of sports infrastructure. And it doesn't. They, they carry out budget environments, they channel it to other things, and, and at best they will take, bring a grader to just scrape away the grass and leave an, uh, a patched field for, for kids to play, and they'll say, well, we've done something in that ward. It really boils my blood because, you know, sport is such a powerful agent for social change, social transformation, and social justice. Mm. If if we don't, especially football, which is such a universal sport, you know, I, I always tell people, it's very difficult to get your child to play cricket because the, the equipment is expensive. We know it's difficult even for adults to, to go and play golf because just the membership fees alone are something else. You, you need uh, uh, quite a lot of equipment to play these uh, uh, several other codes. But for football, we grew up where we couldn't access even the ball itself. But we accessed trash. We were able to collect uh, old uh, uh, plastic bags, yeah, roll them up together, you know, tighten up nicely, and we would have a, a never-ending match throughout the day, uh, having uh, just punched thin sticks into the ground as goalposts. So with football, and, and you never needed to have equipment. You never, never needed to, to have even the soccer uh, boots that, that uh, professionals play with. Barefooted, on a patched uh, field, sticks uh, punched into the ground, and, and you had uh, rolled up uh, a bunch of, of trash that you kicked around. And we had a full blast football match. Uh, that that's what just boils my blood. But can, can, can you help in this regard, or can you engage with some of these people in that area, Braes? Well, I, I think it's going to take a lot of political will, and and it's not divorced from what's happening now at the Zondo Commission, where we we see that nationally uh, they, we've gone through a very dark period in our country where resources were not utilized for that. Uh, which they were meant for. And and we're very hopeful now that there is a change. You, you can see there's a, a palpable political will that says, let's not waste resources. And in not wasting resources, let us therefore channel them towards that which makes an immediate impact in the lives of our people. And if we don't impact the lives of our children, then we're not impacting on the future of this country. So we need to change the way our politicians think, we need to force them because we vote for them. They, they don't place themselves there. We, we need civil society to stand together and say, we voted for you to be there. We're very concerned about the behavior of our children and we recognize that sport is a powerful agent for turning that around. Start implementing this 15% uh, uh, sporting infrastructure grant. A quick question from... Uh Redox Levos, hey, some of the names I tell you are, are sexy. Redox Levos, he says, I want to hear Brace's views on the standard of refereeing at AFCON 2019, especially the way other countries treat South Africa. Ask him about Safa's low self-esteem when coming to local referees, players and coaches. Well, I think 
by and large, the, the standard of reference in this particular AFCON was of a very high standard compared to, to previous ones. And, and you'll also remember that uh, FIFA has been on a massive crackdown uh, against bribery and corruption in football. Uh, remember uh, the, the Lanti guy uh, who was banned for life uh, after the, uh, I think, Bafana Bafana Senegal match. Um, so, so there has been a weeding out of the rogue elements that were involved in football previously. And, and now the talent is beginning to shine true. Uh, by and large, it, it's been uh, very, very, very good. Of course, you know, referees are human, uh, and humans are prone to air. And, and if, you, if you don't air and learn from it, what we want is genuine mistakes, and we've seen genuine mistakes taking place. In terms of the low self-esteem, I've held this argument, and I want to sustain this argument that you know, as a as a country, we like placing unnecessary expectations on our shoulders. We are not a footballing nation. We are a nation that loves football, but we are not a footballing nation. You know, if if you look at uh, countries like Brazil, if you go there, you will see people from the 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 youngest age to the oldest on beaches on the streets. Anywhere you go, there's a ball at the feet of every individual, not literally so, but in every household there's a ball. In our country, in every household, there's a mobile phone uh, for social media. There's a mall nearby where our kids go and loiter during their spare time. There's a sizable chunk of our population that loves rugby, that loves cricket. Whereas in other countries, it is almost exclusively the uh, source of entertainment and, and there's mass participation at all the different levels. We are not a footballing nation. It, it, it will take quite a lot for us to reach that level. I, I don't know. Maybe people don't love their heart. I love my heart. And therefore, I refuse to place unnecessary expectations. Ah, Bafana Bafana will win the AFCON. No, let, let them go and play there in, in a very credible manner, in a manner that makes us proud as a nation. And if they get knocked out, so so be it. Let, let's accept that. There were better nations. They were left there. They are going to play in the semifinals and the finals. Yeah. Bryce, a lot of people are not aware that, uh, among other things, among other skills, you're uh, a brand guru and a marketing strategist. And uh, you hold your community very close to your heart because you're very active in developing, mentoring, and just helping out. Well, uh, look, I, I I prefer to to keep my involvement in entrepreneurship and in, in business generally uh, uh, part of the the back banner stuff because you, you see the. the the problem with a personal brand that that's known for philanthropic activities that that are part of uh, developing society once you allow the the business side to overtake that because business by nature is, is capitalistic it's individualistic it, it, it it's exploitative most of the time and I would never want to be known as a person uh, that, that shines true in that regard more than uh, I shine true in, in, in coming out and seeing what can be done for for society. Uh, so when when I 
assume my role as the group CEO of the Hotline Media Group, uh, which is more in, in, into brand strategy, uh, marketing and communications. And, and now we've ventured into media. Uh, we've launched a news platform uh, called Hot News. So th- those, are, those are the things uh, that I do, uh, which I allow other people to shine in and, and take a, a backseat. Because for me, uh, my involvement in business is to extract profits so that I can be able to drive my philanthropic activities. So I always tell people I'm a capitalist, but I'm a capitalist with a socialist agenda. I extract from the capitalist system uh, whatever value I can so that what I enjoy the most, which is uh, driving a socialist agenda, is, is I'm able to do it without having to go and beg from other people for resources. So I'm able to apply my own resources to drive my socialist agenda. So you're a philanthropic capitalist. <laughs> if, if you'd like to put it that way, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the uh, proverbial uh, capitalist thief that steals from uh, the capitalists to go and, and feed the poor. Um, so the, the, that's what I enjoy doing on a daily basis because, you, you know, I, I always am wary of going to bed without having an answer to this question, Mingus. What is it that you have done today? which was not of benefit to yourself and your immediate family, but mm-hmm. was of benefit to your community and society at large. You must always, on every uh, single day, work towards having an answer to that question. Grace, are you still very strict? Because you're very famous for being a stickler for rules, ethics and all of that. And some people say, hey, Bryce is just too strict, man. I, man, you must take it easy. You know, I, I always have these fights on, on social media. People love attacking me, and then when they attack me, they, especially on Facebook, they like reminding people of their age. You know, they, they search back and then come back and remind you, you're too old for Facebook. You, And that's because... What? Uh, <laughs> that, that's what people say when they feel that you you are saying things that they don't want to hear. Uh, very recently, you know, there was a big debate about uh, breadwinners that that was raging around on on social media, uh, more so on Facebook, you know. Yes. And and I understood those that that started the entire uh, joke thread, uh, where they were talking about the antics of uh, breadwinners who abuse those uh, who benefit from their daily toll, you know. And and I was saying, yes, indeed, there is that phenomenon, but it's a tiny percentage of people who work out there. And I I made reference to the entire uh, narrative about black tax. So this is a very sensitive issue. The majority of people who are breadwinners have actually put their own dreams and aspirations on the back banner in order for them to extricate their own families out of poverty. And then when we talk about family in, in the African context, it's the extended family. It's not just your mother, your father, your sisters, and your brothers. It's the extended family. You're taking on a, a task of caring a, a dozens of people in, in certain instances. So I was just turning their heads to look at a different direction, to flip the coin over 
and people would start attacking me. But you know, you know what? I stand my ground. Uh, I, I live my life according to a specific set of very strict principles, and I refuse to budge from those. And that's why people think that I'm, I'm a strict person. No, no, no. Um, if I'm strict, I'm only strict on myself in terms of sticking to those principles and not budging because everybody else is flowing in, in that direction. I'm not scared swimming upstream alone as long as swimming upstream uh, reconciles with my personal principles. Bryce, I wish we had more time, but I like the way you do things. One day when you're in Gauteng, just a couple of hours of uh, a few lessons about how you do things would, would do us a, a lot of good. But thank you so much for remaining in Willow Vale and, uh, you know, living for the community, for working hard and for doing what you're doing. Much appreciated indeed. Keep on doing it because there's a whole lot of people who like it. Thank you so much. God bless you, my brother. I love the kind of capitalist that you are. It's lovely. <laughs> capitalist with a socialist agenda. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's how we should be. Engus Gakul Brais, have a fabulous Good. day. Lovely, thank you. That's Brace. He does a lot of things, as you heard. We could speak for the whole day.